Hello, everyone, and welcome to edition 105 of On The Ball, the Norwich City podcast that is still waiting for the player of the season voting to open. What? What? Uh, I'm Michael Bailey. I cover the Canaries for The Athletic, and I hope this finds you safe and well. On the way, race for 19th goes down to the final day, exclamation mark. Is there anything left unsaid about Zemu Puki? Question mark. And one more for the road. We will work through all that and more with our guests this evening. They are Norwich number one chief at NCFC numbers, also known as our very own Steve Sanders. Hi, Michael. We also have author of the official history of Norwich City and purveyor of fine jumpers, although probably getting a bit warm for that now. Uh, it is Zoe Morgan. Hi, Michael. How are you doing? Uh, very good. Thank you. I almost muted you then again by accident, but we, we avoided that. And then I mentioned it. And finally, a sensible soccer creator and huge Norwich City fan. It is John Hare. Hello. They we are with our panel this evening. Uh, thanks for joining us, guys. Um, I've managed to read a link properly. That's the first time that's happened in about four months. So that's great news. Um, how are we doing, Steve? How are you? Uh, very well. Thank you. Very um, impressed with your link reading abilities as, as ever. Um, yeah, just looking, uh, just going early in on the comments because Jingus has said getting this question in early. If this is the last podcast of the season, when will it be back? So can we confirm it's not the last podcast of the season and it will be back? <laughs> yes. We just don't, I'm, I'm guessing um, in August, right? This is true. Yeah, this will be the penultimate podcast of the season. We'll do one more after the last weekend. I don't think we need to come back for any season reviews or anything, do we? Because we've been reviewing it for months and we all know what <laughs> happened. Um, so we will, we will take a bit of a break and then we will come back. I don't know, in time for some more football, which um, is going to be like a good, good time to return. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Well, it depends how the football goes. Let's be honest. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um, Zoe, how are you? I'm good. Thank you. I am overjoyed that this is the most number of points we've got in the weekend before I've been on this podcast. So uh, <laughs> going up in the world, hopefully one day I'll come on after a win, but I'll take the one point. Wow. So there's been defeat. Well, I mean, in fairness, the majority have been defeats. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, you'd be lucky if you did get on after a win, I reckon, this season. <laughs> this is there have been one or two lucky people. Of course, you've got a two game week. So that would have obviously helped as well. So yes, yes, the one point system. over the two games. Yes, so actually, we'd have to average it out at 0.5 <laughs> points. Still um, the most. It's still the most. So. <laughs> still better than zero. <laughs> this is true. Um, John, how are you doing? Thanks for joining us. I'm very good, thanks. Uh, and actually, I, I was up at Wolves yesterday, and I was, I'm really happy because we were actually pretty good, even though everyone was saying around me it was a terrible game and blah, blah, blah. And I thought, you know what? That's bloody good for us. <laughs> <laughs> this is the this is the we're going to get straight into this, but it is the debate over whether um, you know how low our expectations are. But then you know how much are we how much do we want to grab hold of something uh, that's a bit positive? Uh, we've got loads of time to talk about that, and I reckon we should probably get cracking on with it, should we? So uh, let's bring in the sting for this week's headline act.
Yes, we've got no more away trips to make this season, people. That is specifically directed to those still going to them. Uh, There weren't so many at Molyneux um, and the 1,300 um, at Leicester. It's probably slightly inflated by the fact that that game had been rearranged from New Year's Day. Let's not dwell on that. Uh, Norwich were undone 3-0 at the King Power on Wednesday night, um, mostly in the second half, uh, before they earned a rare away draw at Wolves. Maybe that should just be points. which is sort of, and I've I've noticed from the reaction, Steve, since that um, I'm sensing people do want to move on. They want to take the positives from the performance and the draw at Wolves, and it's like, whereas I'm sort of still sitting here going, yeah, but no one could really be bothered, and it, it's, it's like, Ugh. but but am I right? Should I ditch that and embrace the positives of something that was not 100% negative? Well, I think you should, because we've sat here the last however many weeks and said, well, that was terrible. We're really bad. Why are we so bad? We've been awful all season. Whereas I don't think we need to do that uh, this week, or at least not quite so much. You know, John's already alluded to it. We we actually were not bad yesterday. Mm. While it is undeniably true that... Um, Wolves were. I don't know what beach wolves were on, but it was a it was a long way away. They were they were they were in sandcastles mode. Um, <laughs> but but you know you've uh, we have come up against some very accommodating opposition. I would say this season and not taken advantage. Of. I think maybe maybe Wednesday was an example of that against Leicester. We managed to royally cock that one up in the second half. So <laughs> I think um, yeah, let's let's take some positives out of yesterday. Wolves aren't a bad side. I think I think we match up quite have matched up quite well with them this season. I think because they play a back three and they have Nevers and Matinho in that midfield who are slightly more defensive and not that creative. They they don't offer the threats, the attacking threat that that we seem to struggle against, you know, g- g- generic attacking threat. But um, nevertheless, you know, they are still a top 10 team. And I think we more than deserve that point. I think if you were to say anyone deserved to win it, it probably would have been Norwich City. And there's not that many times we could have said that this season. Um, I'm slightly disappointed we didn't leapfrog Watford having taken the lead. I've would still like to finish 19th. I'm not sure that's going to happen now. But um, yeah, some some real positives to take for next season in terms of some of the performances as well. Uh, so yeah, let's let's start on a high note because I think I think we've we've earned it after this long season. Well, that, that is a fair point. Uh, I mean, they're not the quickest team, especially midfield wolves, which is probably probably one of the the benefits um, to it. I, I mean, I bumped into jo- Jackie Oatley at halftime, which was lovely, and um, she mentioned the fact that you know it's the third time Norwich have played Wolves, and they you know at that point hadn't conceded a goal uh, against them, <laughs> which I think was the point where I thought. I mean, you know, 270 minutes does feel like it's going to be pushing it. Uh, and so it proved. Um, but 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 still, Zoe, I mean, um, what what was the sort of what was the thing that made you take away as a positive and just think, OK, I can take that. I can run with that bit. Yeah, I think I think anything at the moment is uh, <laughs> it is something to, you know, it is something to feel glad about. Um, we had the sort of horrendous ending of of two seasons ago in the in the Premier League where it just mm. the combination of lockdown and our horrendous form just just sort of petered away the season and we've been trying our best to match that I think recently but uh but knowing that you know we're getting we've got a point we haven't just got just had a string of un, like unbroken defeats um you know that's a positive if we can take it um I think our performances against Wolves have shown that perhaps we had it in us somewhere along the way that, you know, if things had, things had 
gone our way, we might have we might have given a better a better show of ourselves. Um, but yeah, you, it's important to take those positive things because it's supposed to be fun, isn't it? And uh, you can't just can't just wallow in misery the entire time. So I'll take Timu's goal. I'll take him leveling himself up with Grant Holt and um, a decent performance. And yeah, let's run with it because I don't think we're going to get much from next weekend. <laughs> uh, I don't even know who Watford have got next weekend, Steve. I feel like you might know. They're at Chelsea, I think. So oh, then I'll let's, let's there, just call they? it two defeats. Maybe we'll overtake <laughs> them on goal difference. <laughs> there's uh, there's two bits I want to follow in and they're kind of uh, separate. So I'll try and remember them. Um, but it's interesting what you said there about the sort of glimmers of what maybe could have been Zoe. Because I mean, look at John Norwich losing 3 0 at Leicester, and you think, well, that's a mm-hmm. capitulation and that's rubbish. And then Leicester go and smash five past Watford at Vicarage Road. Um, you know, Norwich got done 5 0 at Manchester City on the opening or the, the, the mm-hmm. oh, second weekend of the season. And, you know, numerous other teams have lost by that scoreline, including Newcastle only recently. It just. <laughs> I, suppose, I don't know. It just feels like maybe, maybe sometimes it's the reaction, and and it's so much of this season has been about what's been between everyone's ears, and I, I think that's the players, that's maybe the people inside the club, it's maybe the supporters with the baggage of previous Premier League seasons, and I suppose I'm not really sure how we ever shake that off, <laughs> to be honest, because dude, even if we come back, it's still going to be there. I think this season has been a combination of things. A been pretty poor a lot of the time we've also been a bit unlucky like we started off with four or five pretty difficult fixtures we then just shook that off and got going with 4-4-2 with Adam Eder and Timmy Pukki up front together then Adam Eder got injured you know Matthias Norman was just becoming our best midfielder then he got injured and so there's been a few little things along the way that have kind of set us back when we just got to get going and what what struck me at Wolves on Sunday was I was looking at this, the lineup, and I said to, I was basically with Wolves commercial people chatting about some other stuff. So I was with Wolves people, and from the director's box view, kind of thing. High roller. Quite close to the, yeah, it's high, <laughs> high level stuff. And um, and anyway, I was chatting to a guy who's one of the Wolves um, commercial guys, I was sitting next to him talking. And I could see that we were going to do something different because at the very at the kickoff, uh, Max Aaron's was chatting to whoever else was on the, the right wing. I can't remember who it was. Uh, the right side for the kickoff. And it was obvious that we were kind of lined up for a back five. So even when we got the team sheet, it was like, wow, we're going to do a, a back five, you know? And then when it started to work and we actually started to like defend well, and then you've got Max Aarons and, and Sam Byron on the pitch together. We were both pretty good. And we got a formation to take two of our better defensive players together. And which gives a little bit more strength to Grant Hanley and Ben Gibson. And then, then you notice that either Max Herons or, or, or Demi Giannoulis, they could really run up the side of the pitch because they knew they had the cover from the other the, the other wing back. And then you found that rather than having wingers who aren't quite good enough, actually we were getting balls through to Timmy Puki from our midfield by playing in this formation. And I just thought, why, why has it taken 37 games to find this? Why? You know, that was the, the feeling because... It felt like half the problem has been not strong at the back and simply not playing Timu in enough. And he, we know Timu's a one in four striker, right? And that's where he pretty much was. <laughs> Proved that on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but that's that's our strength. That's his strength. And we are. <laughs> there was a stat I, I sent it to Michael this morning. I found on online. It was 
with the match on on Sunday, Tim has got he's been involved in sixty one percent of our Premier League goals this season as either scoring or assisting, and it's the third best uh, percentage wise of all time for any club ever in the Premier League, behind uh, Alan Shearer and Matt Letizia way back in the nineties. So we're so much a one man team up front, and when we've not got him the ball. We've had nothing, right? So it was frustrating to me that this formation found a way of slotting the ball into him and we, you know, we'd not tried it earlier. But yeah, I mean, generally, I was really positive. I was thinking with Wolves guys again, that was a really boring game. I was like, no, that was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I had that conversation with my colleague, Tim Spears. I was like, no, this is one of the good days. This is great. (laughs) Um, I I mean, in fairness, I suppose the problem, Norwich being so reliant on Tim and Brookie, is that teams only need to concentrate on nullifying that threat so it becomes quite easy to do that if you're playing at full tilt which is why i just i can't shake my journalistic element of you know well wills wills really that bothered you know but um you know i get it and and the goal in fairness i'm replaying it in my head and seeing it again does come from that right side where max Aaron sort of did push on and and norwich almost switched to a back four at times rather than a five and dean smith has been getting a bit of stick over recent weeks and I completely understand why that would be. The one thing I would say is that um, over the course of his of his time in charge, he has regularly found a solution to the problem in the end after a few games. And then something has happened that meant it either wasn't sustainable or he couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> and yeah, that, exactly. that it certainly happened with the 4-2-4 at one point, um, which sort of brought everyone to life. And it's happened once or twice as well. And Either that's because the players haven't been good enough or something else has got in the way, all manner of things. Um, I do want to have a conversation about whatever um, beach modes we should have off the back of Sandcastle mode, um, but maybe we shouldn't move <laughs> on to that quite yet. Um, but Zoe, you did mention about uh, Temu Puki drawing level with Grant Holt on 78 Norwich City goals, is it now? Uh, I think, you know, Lots of other media outlets seem to be having the debate over which is better. <laughs> I don't, don't care. But, um, you know, it's, it, 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 I would say Tamu's goal-scoring record is probably better because there was um, more championship football and not a League One season, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, they would, Steve, they would have made some pairing, though, wouldn't they? The two of them together? I yeah. I just think it have been um, ideal. I'm glad I, I didn't uh, tweet this morning uh, comparing all the stats of the two of them over there, Chris, because that would be awkward <laughs> right now if I'd done that. So, um, no, you're absolutely right there. It's all um, good. I'm just, I'm just tired. It's been a long week. Well, Don't the thing is, that, I mean, anything, no one take anything personally. It's fine. Okay, it's fine. I never do. Um, I, I think the thing is, like, they're they're completely different players, and I was thinking, like, there is absolutely no way that. Pookie would have succeeded in a Paul Lambert team, I don't think. And there's no way, there's definitely no way that Grant Holt would have made it in a <laughs> Daniel Farker team. Um, but I suppose maybe, I mean, it seems like Pookie is still the, the key man under Smith, where Holt maybe slightly tailed off under under Chris Hutton. So I don't know if there's some differences to be to be made there. I mean, I don't know. that You're right. The comparison is, is pretty pointless, really. Um, but I, I do sort of feel like I, 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 we're so reliant on Pookie in exactly the way that, that John has said that, you know, he he probably just edges it in insofar as like just the, 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 the absolute necessity and the fact that we kind of base our entire game around him as well in, in a way. We certainly have done this season. Well, <laughs> maybe not enough. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I mean, they're just both legends. I, I really, I really, really hope that we see Timu go past that level 
uh, past that number 78. I don't think we necessarily will on Sunday, but I really hope we do next season. Let's, let's hope he's, you know, still around then. Fingers crossed. Um, I, I mean, I, oh, I don't know if I would take issue about the fact that neither player would play in, in the in the respective teams. No, I mean, which... you think of, you know, D- Daniel Farker loved the idea of signing Jordan Hugill and Grant Holt, probably mm. better player than Jordan. Um, and probably better technically maybe as well. And then but... you think, you know, someone like Simeon Jackson playing for Paul Lambert, I I maybe, know, maybe. I mean, I'm. I'm not like. Did the Hugh? Would you say the Hugh Gill thing worked though for us yeah. last year? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Why not? What was it two goals, three goals? Hey, important goals. That was what, that was all they mattered. Um, in terms of uh, issues across the pitch, there's probably two that caught my attention. Uh, one we have in goal, obviously Angus Gunn, uh, Zoe. He, he's looking confident, isn't he? He's looking assured and. Deserves to keep his place for the final game? It, it's hard to argue otherwise, I think. Um, having been at the West Ham game and Krull just just looked very out of sorts. Um, it was a bit sort of, it was like a hark back to that that West Brom game, that that first one where he sort of joined and managed to throw the ball in, into his own net a couple of times and everyone was <laughs> sat thinking, God, you know, what we signed here. Um, I think sometimes he... He has got a tendency, I think, when he's just slightly not there, sort of concentration-wise or mentally, or struggling a little bit, he sort of goes slightly loopy sometimes and just starts making very odd decisions, starts, you know, running miles out of his goal. Um, and you just you just want someone to sort of grab him and just calm him down a little bit. And I think um, whatever the reasons were for, for Smith to, to make a change, I know he said about resting him and that he'd been under a lot of you know, he's gone through quite a lot recently and everything. Um, it was probably a sensible choice just to take him out of that firing line. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens next season, but but Gunn's taken his chance since he's, he's come back in. He, look, he looks decent. Like why he should be dropped at the weekend, I don't, I, you know, I don't think there's any reason for that. So um, it's going to be an interesting summer when it comes comes to goalkeeping choices, I think. I, I think I think that is a massive, massive call over the summer, by the way, because I, I completely agree. Like Angus should be in goal on Sunday. Played played well yesterday, um, but you know you've you've signed him for five million pounds, so we haven't really seen him. But presumably they are thinking he will play at some point, and it almost feels like they're trying to kind of mould him into that role next year. But you're talking about him up being up against a goalkeeper who has been promoted with us twice and been a massive part of both of those promotions. So it would be a, a huge risk, I would say, to to say to Tim Krull, that's fine, you can go, even with Gunn waiting in the wings. It would certainly be a huge statement of faith in, in Angus Gunn. So I think, I don't know, I'm not sure who I would rather, well, I feel like Krull, in spite of what Zoe says, all of which is true, is a sort of a safer pair of fans because we know that he can do it at that level. Um, and yet I'm just kind of intrigued by the idea of Angus being in goal next um, come August. But yeah, I think, I think the worry is that as well as that sort of lack of leaders that we've had, perhaps. Mm. Um, certainly it's it's felt quite obvious this season that, you know, when the when heads have dropped, there's not many of them, um, you know, team of like for all his qualities is not that person to sort of lift everyone's head um we've sort of been relying on on Hanley to to do that on Gibson to a certain extent we've not got lots of senior players with a loud voice I think I think Max does it as well to you know Max is doesn't shy away from things like that and hopefully Byram is doing that now as well but 
to sort of to forego, I guess, one of those senior loud voices in the team when, you know, us starting next season positively and getting off to a, you know, to a bit of a great start to to show that we have not had our hearts and souls completely crushed by this season. Um, to lose one of those really strong leadership voices would be a massive, massive call, especially if he was no longer around. Like, you know, maybe picking gun ahead of him is one thing, but if if we let him go, then who we then replaced him with um, in terms of a senior senior figure um, in the squad, I think that would be a massive, massive call to make. Do, do you guys remember, the Netherlands, did they qualify for the World Cup or not? Yes. Yeah, they did. That's going to be on Tim Krull's mind a huge amount, which is for November for the World Cup, right? Mm-hmm. So his decision will be dictated by what's going to maximise his chance of getting a call-up. I'm pretty sure at his age, that's got to be his number one shout. So if he thinks Angus is going to become above him, then even why would he stay, I guess? It might be going through his mind. He might think, maybe I can go to another club, maybe a Dutch club. Who knows the choice he might make? So um, I think I agree with, with Zoe. Like, he's great, but he has these weird times when he just kind of just loses focus a little bit. You know, we, we, we all know people like we can be like ourselves. Um, I would have said he was one of the candidates for player of the season about a month or two ago. But his kind of quality wobbled. And uh, and I guess he's come in and done very well. And of course, he's got to wait for his time. And like a goalkeeper will then take that time and see how long he can stay there. So... I don't know. I think we're lucky. We've got basically two good goalkeepers. And, and I think Michael McGovern's been a very understated and very good squad member for a long time now in that he is a professional voice in the background with experience who hopefully may consider if he retires, which we don't, I don't know if anyone knows if he is going to or not. We might go into coaching with us or something. I feel like he's a good stability, uh, stable source to have around in the background. I don't know if you guys agree with that. Uh, definitely. Um, and that's quite a crucial role sometimes there, especially with the goalkeeping group. Um, I, I don't know. I think he's got another year on his contract, Michael. So he probably okay. wouldn't have to make a decision this summer. I do kind of feel like Angus arrived last summer with the idea that this situation might come to a head this summer, especially if Norwich were relegated. Um, so I'm not sure if this is a complete surprise to everyone involved. I think we're all just sort of waiting to see what happens, how it, how it pans out. But to a degree, it's going to depend on what options Tim has and, and what the Dutch coaching team probably feed back to him as to what he needs to do. Because even playing first team in the championship, they might not consider enough. They might want him to be playing at a high level. Maybe him playing at home you know, in the Netherlands will be more useful to him. I don't know. It, it depends what, what pops up, really. Um, but it will be fascinating. Um, uh, you know, I, I suppose saving Tim's wages might come into a factor, mm. but I, I hope not. Um, I, I doubt Angus is particularly cheap, given he's just arrived from Southampton um, tw- in the last 12 months. Um, and the leadership is a great point, Zoe. And it does also factor into the midfield recruitment that Norwich are going to have to do. Um, now, you you all you know, watch the game on, on Sunday. I thought uh, Jakob Sernson was really good when he came on. I, again, probably in a team that weren't pressing him, so maybe those situations are better. But I thought he patrolled the spaces really well. I thought he cut things out when he was nearby. And I thought he used the ball incredibly calmly, Steve. Um, and I'd quite like to see him start on Sunday. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that the uh, outlet that I watched it 
Tom was unreliable, but I missed the last <laughs> five minutes, so um, I didn't see a huge amount of what uh, of what Jakob Sørensen did. It was did. great. <laughs> I saw him getting rave reviews for his cameo, though. Um, I mean, I actually thought um, Matthias Norman had his best game for a while as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I've, I've banged that drum quite a lot over the last few weeks as far as Sørensen goes. Yes, I think he has the attributes that we need. Um, in a defensive midfielder and has done all season long. Um, I, I I suppose he's one of those players who's probably got better when he hasn't been play because he hasn't been playing in what's been a bad team. Um, probably should have had more of a chance. Um, I've seen it suggested in the comments um, or a, a, a thought that he could play as part of a back three next year. I mean, he's kind of played everywhere else at 825 um so yeah what was that what was that time chris crowther 825 so we looked better with a back three uh yesterday any thoughts on Simon playing as part of a back three um so yeah i mean he's he's shown he's versatile he'll play wherever he's asked to play um i'm kind of just repeating (laughs) uh the usual cliches about him i'd like to see him given a go next year but at the same time i do want us to sign a defensive midfielder please can we do that Yes, I, I think that would still be very, very well. And I, I believe that is on their list, most definitely. Um, and yeah, I'd kind of forgotten how well Jakob had done at left back in the championship as well. So that's obviously an option too, especially yeah. for a Dean Smith left back, where I, I don't think there's quite... We have left backs though, don't we? we reliance we for them to push higher. But um, yeah, at the moment we have we have left backs. That is, that is <laughs> right. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. There's, we'll have to see what the summer looks like. I don't, don't know yet. Is, is a reality. I don't think anyone's made any decisions on anything. So, um, and in that element, um, short of Brandon Williams going back, um, which is definitely happening. So, you know, mm. you put that put that banner away if you want to, guys. Um, uh, right. I tell you what. Um, I think that tidies up all of that. Um, and I reckon we move on to a bit of this. <laughs> Yes, it's Pick That One Out, where the podders each get a short window to bring up an issue they are struggling to let go. If they lose themselves for more than 30 seconds, the buzzer sounds. A bit quiet. And it's time to let go, maybe. Um, uh, Steve, would you like to go first? Yeah, okay. I'm surprised you are saying I never go first. It's like riding in the front seat of the car when you're a kid. How exciting. It's a lot of responsibility. Um, You're steering us through now, Steve. Let's hope I don't mess it up. Indeed. (laughs) You'll be fine. (laughs) You'll be fine. Go for it. Um, Okay. Well, seeing as we're talking about players who are going to be here next season, um, I wanted to raise the point about Ben Gibson, who I think has kind of been turned into a bit of a pariah this season. But Susanna has made this point on the pod previously. Um, We've had nine Premier League games where he hasn't started. We've lost every single one of them. And he will be a massive Mm. part of the squad uh, next year it, and should be in the team with Hanley. People have forgotten how good that partnership was last year. I really think we need to base our defence or uh, yeah, our defence around those two, whether we play with a three or not, those two absolutely need to be in there. And Gibson, people saying get rid of him. He costs us £8 million. He needs to stay. He needs to be part of the team. This is a great point. I, and I, I did find myself doing this on Sunday. So, you know, I, I, that shift in focus that happened. You, I look at Pierre Lesmelou who's under a bit of pressure and he can ping a ball out 30 yards, you know, cross field into, into space really accurately, regularly and reliably. And you're like, I'll be able to do that all day in the championship, but we did it easy for him. So um, you you do sort of see it so differently compared to when you're coming up against Premier League teams who are athletes and they're so athletic and quick and they close you down and they take their chances and they don't let you have any. And um, 
so you do start seeing those players in different lights, but it, I guess it depends on who wants that challenge and whether they're like, you know, I, I was in Nice before this season and that's a nice part of the world. Take me somewhere sunny. Uh, I don't want to go to Rotherham. Um, it's sorry, it's just weird how, how quickly people have forgotten how good Gibson was. It's like, you know, Zimmerman was brilliant for us in eighteen nineteen, and then not really up to the rigours of the Premier League in, in the following year. And I don't remember people kind of writing him off as a centre-back. Do you think Do you think it is because he, he's got the look of a very old-fashioned defender and, and Maybe, people sort of automatically yeah. sort of think that he's, you know... All of the failings of a very old school defender, he's definitely got those and, you know, we should be moving on. You know, he's not he's not a modern looking player, I would say. And perhaps he gets sort of typecast a little bit sometimes with people thinking that he's immobile, various other accusations levelled at him. And I think, some, you know, some of them, I guess, have a tendency to be true, but not in as much sort of of the extremes that people talk about, I suppose. I think that he looked very good actually on the left side of the three on Sunday and, and Sam Bryan also looked good on the right side of the three with Hanley in the centre. And I think experimenting with these little things might make a big difference. I think Ben Gibson sometimes, he wants to sometimes play the mega pass, which he knows he can do occasionally and maybe forgets the first duty. <laughs> <laughs> he's on the pitch for, but I mean, he's, I think he's a great player to have in the squad for the championship. I think we've, I think, I think when we get to, when we're not defending against Mo Salah and Harry Kane, again, we'll start to remember that our defenders are not quite so bad as we thought they were this um, season. I suppose it's we all have our opinions, but it's mostly what Dean Smith thinks, isn't it? That's the interesting yeah. thing because he is someone who he's dipped ditched whenever mm. there's been a consideration that the opposition have got pace so it will be interesting what faith he has in those players or whether he sits down and thinks poor need to mix this up so it will be uh, quite interesting how he how he deals with that um uh zoe would you like to go next sure absolutely. yeah all right well away you go i say Okay, so I wanted to talk about how needy football can be. Um, we've all got to the end of the season. It's been going on for ages. How is the Premier League not over yet? <laughs> it has been going on for months and months and months. Do you know how long it is until the championship season starts? Oh, Zoe. It's 75 days from today, 69 <laughs> days from the end of the Premier League season. It starts in July. This last weekend of July, that is the beginning of the school holidays. England cricket team. I mean, I don't even know if it's 30 seconds. <laughs> no, go on. Go There's on. still three test matches in the cricketing summer to play and a T20 international. There's the entire school holidays. Oh. And it's just, I, I love this game and I love supporting this game. And I know that we've got a World Cup to squeeze in, which is why they're starting a week, but only one week early. And you just, just let us live. For a few months, <laughs> let's start again in September and we'll all fall in love with you again when the nights are getting darker and we've got little less to think about. But starting football again in July is too much to think about right now. I mean, the good news is we've had loads of breaks in between the seasons over the last few years. So it doesn't all feel like, you know, we've just had football constantly, you know, <laughs> three years. So needy. So um, needy. Yeah, I mean, there are quite a lot of serious issues there, I think, because Norwich have got a curtailed preparation time up compared to the rest of the championship. They're going to have players by on international duty. Um, uh, yeah, it's all going to come around very fast. So, I mean, is that even enough time to get over this year? That's why we need to get over it now. I don't know, we need to get, you know, get over it now. Um, yeah. 
I mean, also like someone's um, trying to join in from the uh, from the other world. Other Sorry, carry on, <laughs> this is definitely me because I can't hear it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was just going to say like football on a Thursday seems to become a thing as well now. Well, Thursday is not a day when football should be played. Like, just give us <laughs> give us one day off. You know, I'll be starting to sound old and jaded. I don't know, but you know, but, I mean. Thursday's forever known for Norwich beating Ipswich 5-1 at Portman Road, you see, exactly. on Monday, Thursday. So probably Thursday night football should have stopped then. But yeah, sorry, John. Just so uh, I manage an 11-a-side team where I uh, and play also an 11-a-side team where I, where I live in Cambridge. Uh, and I'm I'm so happy the season's ended. Like every Sunday, you're worried about making sure you've got players and it goes build up all week, you know, making sure the balls are pumped up, making sure you've got a pitch. We've got a referee who seems to be out on the piss every Saturday night and doesn't always turn up on Sunday. <laughs> oh, so just uh, like the... No, no. <laughs> it's brilliant to have a break from it, actually. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> that sounds, sounds lovely. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. My, it's my wedding anniversary the first week of the season, so I don't, even think, I don't think I'll be at the first mm. game next season because it's so early, too early. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's about making it about myself, so let's stop that. Uh, right, John, your turn. Um, 30 seconds of something I can't let go of. Yes, but it can be yeah. a positive. It doesn't okay. have to be negative. Now, I'm going to say something which has started from the beginning of the season and letting go of Emmy Buendia and how mm. much it's hurt our team mm. and also getting letting go of Skip and Tetty as well. And they're not replacing any of them at the start of the season, which has cost us our season. We managed to sign three or four midfielders, none of them like any of the three players I've just mentioned, and then wondered why there's holes in the team. And uh, and watching Amy play the other day on the television, I think he was playing against Liverpool when he had it, he played some, some really good balls. And thinking about all the goals Timu would have scored had Amy still been on the pitch with him, or someone like him. And I think that is why we failed. <laughs> Michael, you you actually let audibly let out a whimper when uh, John mentioned Emmy Brundy's name. I don't know if anybody picks up on that. You know, I'm not over it. Not over it. But yeah, it was 33 million quid. Anyways, that was good. That was well spent. Um, uh, well, well done, John. Yeah. Um, I, you may, maybe that will be the last time we mention Emmy Brundy. Maybe it's, on it. it's time for new heroes, Michael. That's yeah. what we. That's when, what when we're when we're mid table at Christmas, will be it'll be like yeah. remember last time we're in the championship and Emmy Wendia was running rife. I don't think we've ever replaced Emmy Wendia. Four goals in ten championship yeah. games. Um, oh, all that to look forward to. That's why we need a good, healthy break, as Zoe said. Um, right, things we are also not going to talk about. Um, uh, Billy Gilmore, uh, Norwich on the counter. Billy Gilmore put in a foul off the ball. Um, that got blown up. Miles, anyone... miles off the ball. It was like... But did you think it was a foul? yards away. I, I don't thought, know what it I was. Think, but... I don't think it was much of a foul. And actually, oh. I thought whoever it was he ran into actually stood on his ankle. So I stood on Billy's ankle. So I, I didn't really think it was a foul. But lots of people came on Twitter telling me it was. And I didn't want I... it to be a... I think it probably was. Um, and there was another one in the Leicester game where we were sort of on the counter and looked like we had men bursting forward and then Gilmore took a little bit too long on the ball and <laughs> suddenly they were on the counter going yeah. the other way. Maybe, maybe the foul was just him trying to, you know, compensate for people saying he doesn't get stuck in enough. I don't, I don't know. Well, just... yeah, I don't, you know, I think Billy rolled his ankle so he had an ankle injury apparently on, on Sunday. Um but I, I think it would be maybe healthy if we played a non-loan team on, on Sunday, personally. Um, oh, I've already mentioned the Brandon Williams banner. Please don't, don't, 
doesn't need to be at Carrow Road. So just put it on eBay. Probably get a good couple of quid for that. And you know, or maybe take it and get get it signed. No, you'd sign it at the end. But obviously, don't follow him home to get it signed. That would be bad. Don't do that. Maybe that was what happened the other week. We don't know, do we? At that Wolves game, at the Wolves game on Sunday, I was, I was the, the 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 Wolves commercial guy took us down onto the pitch. There's a few of us, two oh. commercial directors, and, and a guy. You had a great it. day of it, John. Really, really good. <laughs> but as we were on the pitch, this is pre-match, about an hour and a half before. As it happened, there was the Norwich squad came out, and on the pitch was Billy Gilmore and Brandon Williams, right there. And Brandon Williams quite near to us. In fact, someone was talking to him, and um, and they were asking me about who's that? Is that Brandon Williams? I said. No, that's not Brandon Williams. That's Billy Gilmore. They got them mixed up, these, these other guys. And they said, how's he been doing? And I had to whisper. I said, he's done really well, but he's been a bit shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> I could hear me. Oh, well, I'm sure they've, you know, read worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> bless him. Everyone's tried. Um, uh, Tony Springett got his full debut at Leicester. Well done, Tony. Good work on him. And uh, John Rowe came on and uh, did a couple of nice things at Molyneux. Um, um, they are Tony, the youth. Tony Springett's name, uh, middle name is Gary. Tony Gary Springett. So I don't know who needs to know that, but... Um, I certainly needed to know that. That's possibly <laughs> he, one of the best things that's happened. <laughs> could he Could he be an Anthony? Or do we definitely think he is a Tony? I think he's got... A, it's, it's a ver- Tony Gary Springett is a very Norfolk name. And I think we should hold on to that. Uh, I don't think he was born in Norfolk. But, no, I think um, he's north. Is he north London, maybe? Yeah. Tony it's... Gary. To have our two sort of breakthrough youth players being called Tony and John, I think yeah. it's a real, <laughs> it's a real triumph for old school names, I think. Yeah, and Andy. Andy Omavamadeli. Big, big Andy. Big Andy. Um, I mean, in fairness, if someone wants to come up with a Tony Springett song, I think they've got to somehow incorporate Tony and Gary into that song. I mean, that just seems like that's like an open goal, isn't it? I think he'd love, he'd love them for that. Uh, oh, I should just say, good luck to the under-23s. They're playing at Molyneux tomorrow night. I'd love to have gone, but I ain't going back there for the second time in three days. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and I got my I got my tooth being drilled tomorrow afternoon. Otherwise, I probably would have gone in fairness. But uh, that's the semi-final. Uh, if they do win at Wolves, um, then they'll be in the final to earn um, with a chance to earn promotion to Premier League 2 Division 1. So, um, and you know, play some of the bigger academy teams. Um, don't do it, it's not, it's not always cracked up to me. (laughs) What you're saying, see, this is the mentality that has to change. Um, yes, uh, and is that it? I think that's probably it, isn't it? Uh, Um, oh, I was going to flag up my pieces. Sorry, point shameless plug. Uh, if you want to read a bit on uh, Sam Byron playing at center back because it was fun watching that and assessing his performance, especially against West Ham. Um, and also the bit from uh, Molyneux on people showing pride. Did they? Didn't they? Don't know. I've written some stuff on that. So that's on The Athletic, if you wish to read those, along with other stuff, obviously, and more stuff on the way. Um, any what? other questions worth? Uh, oh, sorry, Steve. Uh, what happened with player of the, se- the player of the season vote? I don't know if you were going to cover this later, but there was a lot of chat about that only being open for about 15 minutes (laughs) i don't think it was i think it was open for days wasn't it i think it was like three days three days okay but that's not very long that's not as long as they normally have it open is it do you think they were just trying to i don't know i think they were (laughs) i think think they were wary of a carlo nash um and just getting stick on twitter 
Which, let's be honest, how many people on Twitter would have not given them stick? You know, it would have happened now. I mean, there is a debate as to whether they should be big enough to brush that aside and just crack on because as it happens, a lot of people who wanted to vote probably missed it, didn't get the chance to. Um, but, you know, it's a vote, isn't it? Votes can be manipulated. I'm sure in the end we'll have the right result. <laughs> <laughs> what are you suggesting here, Mike? I'm not suggesting <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you know... Democracies have fallen for less, so you know, just 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 wing it. You know, be all right as long as the right outcome happens. Then who who will complain? No one will, will they? That's the reality of it. Are you so, thinking um, of branching out into a politics podcast, Michael? That's I like think, I think if that doesn't. Me and Hodgie would be we'd absolutely nail that. Okay, Dan O'Hagan <laughs> on the guest. Um, we could probably get candidates? a slot. What's how that, John? How many candidates do you think there are for Player of the Season? Two maximum. Yes. Yeah, um, I'm saying one. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, they, I had I had thought they weren't going to announce a top three. I thought they were going to only announce a winner, but I do believe they will announce or they will confirm what the top three is. So, um, so yeah, there we go. That will be a, an exciting one for whether that's this week or um, around Sunday. Um, yes. Uh, who would who would you have voted for, Steve? Carlo Nash, obviously. No, no. Oh, I mean, it's, it's good Timu, job he didn't it? make it then in time. <laughs> yeah. It's it's got to be Pookie, isn't it? it? Has to be Timmy Pookie. John, Timmy Pookie, maybe Grant Hanley. I think over the course of the season, he's been solid and reliable, and actually he's taken a lot of stick through it as well. Um, but I think Timu, it's got to be Timu. In the you know, he's still managing to do stuff in the Premier League at the same level as last time, surrounded by. Not quite so good player last time. Indeed, or in theory, uh, Zoe. Yeah, uh, Pookie's really, really sort of surged ahead of Hanley. I think in my um, my reckoning in last couple of months. I think um, sort of harking back to our conversation earlier about um, about his goal scoring and him and Grant Holt. I think. I, I, well, I am what you might call a Grant Holt enthusiast, um, long-time Grant Holt enthusiast. And while he, just comparing the two of them, you know, so different in many ways, but I think people always say about Holty and that he used to like wear his heart on his sleeve and, you know, just sort of all heart, all passion. You look at Pookie and from the outside, you kind of think he's kind of the opposite of that. But actually the more you watch him and the more you look at him and, Actually, he's one of the few footballers that I think if you look at look into his eyes, you can see like right into the depths of his soul. Um, <laughs> and there is never any disguising how Timu is feeling on any given day. You know, he's the one that's got his head buried in his shirt. He's the one with his head sort of thrown backwards in despair. Um, and his eyes, you know, his eyes are dancing when he's happy and just look hollow when he's sad. And, um, you know, it's two very different characters and two very different strikers but um sort of how much they care and how much they're sort of giving to the effort i think um is very comparable actually and we are really lucky to have him it's a great point because um uh there, there are so many expressive photos of Timu. he always if, if there's going to be an expressive photo of the of the afternoon on the pitch then Timu's generally produced it i love talking to him um I, the question that we didn't actually ask i didn't ask earlier which was written down was is there anything left to be said about Timu Pookie? i think for me he is a lovely bloke i really enjoy talking to him um and and he he seems so grounded he does genuinely love playing here 
Um, so there's that. He's also an exceptionally good footballer, like properly international level, regular, top class, played at the Euros. For Finland, he is their, what, best ever goal scorer. This is a guy who's, you know, scored qualifying record um, match like Cristiano Ronaldo's and Lewandowski's, you know, a few years ago, or was close enough anyway. You know, he's done that at Norwich in both top divisions. He is a, he's a class apart. He's just led the club single-handedly. There's no sort of triumvirate. It's literally Temu. Um yeah, I, I, I just, I'd sort of just sit here hugging him if he was next to me. To be honest, well, I don't know if that's particularly scary, objective, but it's true. A scary Sorry, question is where would we be without him? Yeah, imagine, no, no, imagine no, our season no, with no Timu Puki there. I mean, it would be pretty <laughs> unbearable, right? <laughs> I can't I mean, say it, I can't it, even deal with that discussion right now. It has <laughs> been, it's been pretty unbearable anyway. So I don't, you know, I don't know what how much lower it could go. But yeah, you're right. Uh, maybe really unbearable. Well, we'd have ten goals, I think, instead of twenty-three. <laughs> I mean, we've seen you. You highlighted the percentages in the Premier League. I mean, yeah. the percentages for Norwich across however many. The, the amount of goals you'd be ripping out of the team would be hilarious. Remember, is it 11? He scored? Is it 11 he scored so far? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, it's 11 this season. Yeah. Um, let's move on <laughs> quickly. Um, uh, Steve, I meant to flag this up in advance. I didn't. Are there any other good questions? Anything worth um, having a look at that we've uh, we've got in the... Uh, I, I just a, one one thing I was hoping you would ask, Michael. Oh, well, we haven't finished yet, so there might be time. Okay. Uh, actually, how long are we... How long, I've got it. Sorry. Have you got to go? <laughs> No, I'm going to go quarter past nine. We are live, John. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Okay, well, John will go quarter past nine. I've got a five-a-side game to play at 9.30. Have you? Oh, wow, good luck. Yeah. You're you very continental. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you, are you managing that team? No, I'm playing. So okay. I'm going to be stretching and stuff like that. Are you, still, are you player manager? Uh, not in this five-a-side team. No, in the in 11-a-side team, I, I give myself 15 minutes to get an appearance and sub myself off and shout at everyone for the remaining so, time. That sounds like a great way to spend an evening. Uh, Simon Copperwheat says, uh, good evening, Michael. Oh, loving the hat. Oh, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. It's too... I have worn it before. It's my um, Cardiff Stadium playoff... No, Millennium Stadium Cardiff <laughs> playoff final 2002 hat. Uh, I was given it before that. It's just so small and my head really hurts. Um, but thanks, Simon. Uh, Dave Bowers, love sensible soccer. There's one for you, John. Thank you. Um, uh, as did I. Um, here we go. Simon Duarte. Um, Norman's been carrying an injury all season, in my opinion, and that's the problem for him. Yeah, it's, it did really knock him out, didn't it? Um, do you see, do you see what happened on Sunday? He was. Did Did any of you guys see the the match live? Because he was yep. he was crawling on the pitch and he fell down twice. And when he came off, he looked really badly injured. He doesn't look in a good way at all. He does. It, I mean, he's a bit. He's a bit. He's a bit of a Ferrari, isn't he? You know, there's. Mm. He, he looks amazing, but you know, it's it's it's. Uh, what's a nice way of putting this? <laughs> Temperamental. The engine needs <laughs> That's a bit of work. Nice way of putting it. <laughs> Sorry, Matthias. He's a lovely guy as well. I've spoken to him and I've really enjoyed his uh, his company once or twice. Once mostly. Um, <laughs> wow, that very quickly turned into a backhanded compliment, <laughs> didn't it? <laughs> No, more just lovely you know. bloke. I think maybe one time. One time I enjoyed it. <laughs> oh no! I didn't have any time I've been about me at the end of the season. No, that's the only time I've been. Wow! Don't do like Twitter on here. Um, 
Maple. Uh, Gibson's really been getting the Kenny treatment lately, which yes, is Maple. I mean, I've, I've, hopefully Kenny's enjoying a really nice break, which is unless, uh, which is good for him. Unless the is the Kenny treatment some sort of like massage, or is, are we talking about him getting abused by <laughs> you, you, our uh, fans unfairly? Yeah, or you sort of wave your arms around someone, and <laughs> yeah. sort of moves the air, and it's very therapeutic. Um, Stephen has been in touch. Uh, yep, completely agree with John. Don't know what that's about, John, but he does completely agree with you. Good. So there we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything um, you said, John. Which is always good to know, isn't it? Um, so there we go. I, I think that's good. Let's. Uh, I, I think that's definitely time for a well overdue halftime sting. So not half <laughs> not allowed to be halftime because john's got a five side game to play and <laughs> i don't want to keep him waiting um so um we will move on to uh, this is almost fantasy football i'll, I'll bring john uh, i'll bring john watson in in, in, a, in a moment obviously not in real life just a bit we've recorded of him um it is time to look ahead to what the picture looks like um for Norwich City over the coming seven days, I mean, essentially. It's a match preview. It's the end of the season. It's on the horizon. It's Tottenham Hotspur at home. Um, are we paying much attention and do we care much about what's going on in the rest of the Premier League? Anyone? Um, I, I mean, obviously, I guess we care who goes down with us, right? That's that's relevant. Wow, um, it's a good, it's a good, uh, correct. good debate at the moment. Who is going to join us? I... I think probably Leeds on the basis that they probably need to get something from their final game, which is away at Brentford, I think. And I don't think they will. And if they don't, they need Burnley to lose both of their games. So, which I think probably won't happen. Um, I think we'd be better off with Burnley going down. I think I've already said that, but um, I'll take Leeds. It's fun, isn't it? <laughs> it's a handy I, away I, game for me. So I was going to say it's new user. I'll take this. It's true. Uh, I do wonder about do wonder about Burnley because um, they are the ones in the bottom three at the moment. So uh, Arsenal is nil nil at half time. By the way, I haven't really paid attention to that, but um, it's going to go down, down to the final game anyway. Um, as you know, we kind of hope Tottenham wouldn't have anything to play for. Um, they do. I mean, I was speaking to Tim Spears, who I think Wolves are at Anfield on Sunday, yeah. and he was sort of going, I wonder if they'll need goal difference, because that could be quite lively, as Bristol Rovers have proven already this season. So um, it's nothing to be sniffed at. Um, I mean, do we do we fear a Tottenham? I, I think they're already well ahead on goal difference. So we should be I think it's there. a huge relief that we've got nothing riding on this last game of the season, if I'm honest. I've been thinking, <laughs> imagine if you are Burnley or Leeds or... Everton fans right now, you know, at least we've got that bit over and done with, like us and Watford. Like I did have a, a bet with a Watford supporting friend of mine that we'd finish above them in the league, and that's still potentially on. Um, uh, and we buy each other something to eat if we if we would not lose, and that's it for me. But I mean, I couldn't bear this, like you know, you're, you're three points behind and you're three goal difference behind, but you're somehow still clinging on to. The vain hope on the last day. At least we've, at least we're past that bit now. Eh? We would, we would have to win to finish above Watford, um, because our goal difference is so yeah, bad. Exactly. Um, and are I think not, if I'm right, oh, are we not level on points with them now? Sorry, I might no, be no, wrong no. about that. We're, one point we're behind. Behind. We're still behind. behind. Oh, big pun. Yeah, one point nice. behind, um, and a significantly inferior goal difference, and significantly fewer goals scored. Uh, I think if uh, if it is a defeat at home to Tottenham, which you'd say is the most likely result. Um, then we would have 
have a very similar record. It would be five wins, seven draws, and 26 defeats, which would be one draw more and one defeat fewer than two seasons ago. Now, tell me it's not progress. Which which feels worse? <laughs> well, I mean, there were so many caveats last time. There are no ca- – there is nothing mm-hmm. – there is there are no caveats nothing um, I, I think to answer your original question michael do i oh, fear yes. this game uh, oh, yeah. yes i do a lot i think we could get absolutely <laughs> torn apart by son and kane and i really hope that we can at least make a bit of a fight out of it i was watching a bit of the build up to the newcastle arsenal game and they were talking about who was going to get fourth and just waiting for them to say oh and tottenham have got norwich so that's <laughs> going to be three points and i sort of almost feel a bit bad for arsenal but then oh. I, re- I think back to Boxing Day when they absolutely tore us apart and I, I feel a lot less sorry for them then. Um, <laughs> so, I, I, you know, I, we have made a bit of progress over the last, well, one game, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, I'd like to think that we can... Minutes. Uh, I mean, the other thing is that Son will have his eye on the golden boot and uh, I don't think he's going to let up until he's he's... In with a shout of that, so yeah. How Yay! Many goals, how many goals ahead do you think Tottenham would have to be before Kane gives Son any penalties that uh, um, <laughs> that might arise in the quest for the golden boot? An infinite number. No, I don't think it would. Oli Skip wasn't involved at the weekend, so I th- I'm, I'm guessing he's injured at the moment. Um, I thought Kulusevski was out, but it appears he came off the bench on on Sunday against Burnley. So that's um, that's a shame. It doesn't matter, does it really? Um, uh, so that's exciting. Um, yeah, I mean, I've already had one tweet from someone saying, or for, as an Arsenal fan saying, oh, you know, do us a favour. I mean, what, what are you are expecting? We a- Honestly, to we absolutely will not be doing them a favour. I mean, I'd <laughs> love to think that we can make it competitive and I'd love to think... I, I, what I would say about Tottenham is they do seem like a side who are slightly easier to stop maybe if you if you stop the front two then that is mm. where most of the threat comes from they just have we got the capacity to do that I'm not so sure also if you, if you did if you did a poll of teams likely to bottle something i mean most people would suggest spurs would do that mm. do we would, which would be hilarious <laughs> i would say that whatever happens on sunday it's unlikely that we are going to be the sort of orchestrators of what happens i think spurs are either going to spurs it up or they're going <laughs> to annihilate us and i think we'll just sort of sit back and wait for whichever one of those happens it's quite sad really uh, about this season this is what upsets me the most about this season at the start of the season when we heard all those people going oh no you come up they're going to go down again they're bloody useless they're never any good in the premier league and we're all defending our team and going, no, you're not right. We've done this. We've invested money. And they were exactly right at the start of the season. And even if we beat Spurs, it makes no bloody difference. And that's what's sad. Like, we got 25 points instead of 22. So, you know. I mean, that that I think that's why it's been so acrimonious this season. I think Norwich fans felt um, embarrassed and they, they want to stick up for their club. And they just haven't been able to. And everyone who they were trying to fight the cause against has been proven right. And so mm. you're angry about that and you want to take it out on the people who made the decisions because they've let the fans down, really. Mm. Um, 
Not sure I mean, that'll be quite what's said in public whenever we get some press, but we'll see. <laughs> what year was it that Spurs were going for the Champions? Was it 2006 when they were going for the Champions League and then went to their, that hotel that had a lasagna you know, a dodgy lasagna? So could, <laughs> yeah. are there any? I mean, I don't. I'm not suggesting we say them on air, but perhaps there's an establishment within Norwich that uh, we could send them to, whose um, hygiene ratings have not been so <laughs> send good them lately. A dodgy lasagna. Yeah, strange. It is Spurs. You never know. I mean, maybe they'll pin this up on the dressing room if you can do that with a podcast. Um, who knows? Um, what should Norwich do on on Sunday? This is I was having this debate a mile in you. What 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 should they do? Should they have a lap of appreciation? Uh, do you call it that? Do you just sort of wave from the centre circle? Does it depend how many they've lost by or not? I, 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 what at what point is it hiding and then not giving an appreciation? I mean. Well, Steve, you work in communications. What would you advise? <laughs> <laughs> I would say it would be a big PRO goal not to do anything because I think after the season that the fans have had, they will expect what well, those who stay um, will expect something to be to be given back. And I, I think you know, United, uh, Man United had this um, debate a couple of weeks ago, and people were saying, "Oh, they shouldn't be doing that." Well, yeah, of course they should. You know, like I think it's an opportunity for the players to give something back to the fans. For the fans, if they want to, to applaud the players. However, kind of meaningless the gesture is, it's, I, I still think it's worth doing. And also, I quite like the dynamics that you see when the players come. Do you remember, like I. I I still remember after we our relegation was confirmed, literally the day it was confirmed on that game at home to Watford, that um, like Yusuf Malumbu was jumping on Dear Mercy and Bakani's back and they would just look like they're having an amazing laugh. And I was thinking, there's two players who probably aren't going to see the upshot of this relegation next season. So if nothing else, let's look out for that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I think probably a reason why they won't do it, but yeah, carry on. <laughs> I think there's something else, like, We've lost Daniel Farker this season, and all of us love Daniel Farker, I think, without exception, connected to the club. And he, he brought a lot of this celebration to our stadium, to the fans. You know, it's coincided with his waving and the flags and all this kind of stuff. And it would be nice to retain some of what he bought, brought with him. And, and I guess the end of this season is the start of that. Because Dean Smith isn't the kind of manager who naturally do this. The club has now got to say, OK, as a club, We've gone this way forward, and and I think it's nice that that was brought to us, and it would be nice to retain that, you know. I, that's a really interesting point because I know that the support, the way supporters at Molyneux picked up on the fact that it was the first time Dean Smith had gone over to them to mm -hmm. to applaud them at the end of a game, which I just I just don't think it's him, and I think Norwich fans are used to Daniel Farker wandering over and you know making sure he's giving a big wave, and obviously if if they win, then it's a lot it's a lot more than that. Um, um, so I just I think Dean Smith just likes to hang around at the tunnel and clap and sort of shake everyone's hand as they come off the pitch, you know, like a bit old school, really. But um, so, yeah, ultimately, that would be something that he wouldn't have done at Carrow Road um, up until this point as well. So uh, but yeah, I guess it probably depends what the score is and how many people are left in the stadium to a degree as to how it's true. <laughs> but, um, you know, we'll we'll see. You know, let's not lose hope. 38 games in. He says, um, uh, who plays? We've got a really quick one then to wrap up. Um, what would we look at in terms of a team? Who would you want to see play? Let's go through it. Will he stick with the back three? Sorry, I know you want to do this quickly. That yeah. Really help, but... yeah, let's let's say he'll keep the same formation. Okay. Well, Maybe he'll um, stick to the same team. Maybe I, not. I th will Norman be fit? He came off... He 
Kits nah, it's Ditch Norman. Let's put Jakob Sanson, holding midfielder. Jakob's in. <laughs> Dean Smith puts a bit more effort into his team. Get him out. Yeah. Can I just say, um, today I think is the anniversary of Stuart Pearce sticking David James up front in a Premier League game when Manchester City. You've got to look at the social media footage of the video. So we could, it's incredible. We could get Krull and Gunn in the same team after all. Fantastic news. It's, keep not, them both not, it's literally putting him in an outfield kit getting him up the pitch for the final five minutes or whatever it was and replacing the goalkeeper. That was what they did. It's incredible. It just is. <laughs> and, and the thing is, David James is having it. He like tries an overhead kick. He's like, I'm going to tackle this guy. And then every every one, every moment ended with a really heavy touch and him just clattering through someone every, every moment. <laughs> so, well, yeah, Tim Krull up top, bring it on. Let's see, how, let's see what you got, Tim. Uh, anyway. Yeah. I think sorry. that uh, Pierre Lismalou actually is, slowly been getting better through the season. I think it was pretty good on, on uh, Sunday, actually. He's maybe not fast, but he's he's got some good qualities. And maybe maybe you'd put Lucas Rupp in as well. He was playing quite well, then he got curtailed for a while, didn't he? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe instead of Billy, put Rupp in. Yeah. What do you think? I think he'd do his long goodbye. Could be a farewell, um, wouldn't it? I believe. Obviously, nothing confirmed yet. I, 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 Dean Smith said they've not even had a conversation about it. So... Don't know. <laughs> um, uh, Dowl and Pookie, they are like the top two, really, aren't they? They're the only two who can sort of string two passes together and create chances. <laughs> so there's your I front think, two. I think Dowl and Les Malou, as, as John has said, with Les Malou, have, have been slowly getting better and giving us a bit of optimism for okay. next year. So yeah, keep them both. Um, same back three. Want to be here. Yeah, yeah, same back three. Anyone who doesn't be, want to be here next year, don't play them. Right. Um, and okay. yeah. We don't know that, obviously. Um, but should we stick with the same wing backs? Yep. Yeah. Okay. And are we playing Angus? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So that's the same. And then Jakob, I'm calling that one. Sorry, that's my decision. Jakob's you are the on. manager, so yeah. you have <laughs> um, How many places is that left? <laughs> well, that well, out, I think we picked 14 players. Yeah, okay. So we've got, we've, got Pierre, we've got Pierre and then we've got one midfield space. So, who are you giving it to, John? I'd give it to Lucas Rupp because I think he's been doing okay, even if he's going. Um, I, I think we've underutilised him, actually, for, for too long, to be fair. Yeah, he's give not it fit as well, has he? That's the problem. Mm. Availability is the best. What is it? Yeah, uh, well, yeah I can't remember. Yeah. Quality. <laughs> the best quality <laughs> is availability. It's <laughs> so, a really important saying that I've forgotten. Um, so, no, no low knees in our team, then. That's, no. That's yeah, a good no. thing. Are we agreed with that? There you go. Well, Dean, if you're watching, you're welcome. Um, uh, I think we're sorted then. Um, well, I reckon Norwich will probably win 5-4. <laughs> the, the four might happen. 5-4. <laughs> well, is that five for Kane and four for Son? <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. We need to end on the same theme so, we yeah, um, began. Um, uh, Nalabala TV. Uh, sounds like a great channel. Uh, Lucas Rupp Appreciation Society. Worth reading my interview with Lucas Rupp, by the way. That's on The Athletic. Lovely guy, uh, Lucas. Um, at least once a season. At least once, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, any other, anything else to flag up? Um, Maple, I just want Spring It or Row or Tony Gary. Tony Gary, TG Spring It. TG, there's got, you're going to have to come up with a nickname. Jerry. Um, uh, or row to score a Premier goal, a Premier League goal. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, and 
That's probably it, isn't it? Jonathan Rose. I've just looked middle names. Uh, it's Jonathan David Henry Rowe. So kind of keeping the theme going there, I think. Yeah. That's good. All right. Well, we're let, in the air of transparency, my middle name, name is... Still, um, isn't uh, beginning with a D, otherwise the initials would be ADHD. So no, no, it's ADHD. ADHD. I mean, that's a good nickname. Um, <laughs> in the interest of transparency, uh, my, my middle name is John. That's obviously very exciting. Uh, Steve, your middle name? I mean, this is going to need some explaining, but my middle name is Dodd, D-O-D-D, which is wow. my mum's surname. So that's my mum's maiden name. Not so... after Ken Dodd. That was what I was hoping it was going to be. <laughs> well, yeah, that's my other middle name is Diddy Man. So <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So AKA SDS. Love it. Um, uh, John, your middle name? I have Albert James after my grandfather's. Oh, I see. Lovely, yeah. lovely. No, no, good no Diddy Man in my name. I'm, I'm going to be kind because <laughs> obviously they're tribute as well. And Zoe? Uh, Victoria Francis. Oh, we see. We, we, high class. Quite classy, we're, we're, I would say. Mm, I think we've, we've, done all, the board. we've actually ticked every box there. Um, <laughs> so that was grand. Uh, and then finally, um, what other modes would there be on the beach? So we had sandcastle mode. Uh, can you each think of a ne- um, another mode? I would say paddling mode. That's a good mode. Lilo mode. Lilo mode. That's a great mm. shout. Um, skimming mode. Get the old sk- skimmers out. Trying to skim them on the... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nudist mode, because that's like a specific type of beach, isn't it? Being stung by a jellyfish and having to wee on it mode. Oh yeah, wolves are definitely in that mode. First off, I, think. <laughs> I think that's a fitting way to end Hunting the podcast as well. To be honest. Um, on that note, uh, Newcastle have just scored. By the way, so, uh, lucky Arsenal. <laughs> he won't need us to do you a favour. Um, I think that's it. We are done for tonight's On the Ball, the Norwich City podcast that is yet to earn enough goal bonuses to afford a break in Dubai. Uh, If you're yet to do so, make sure you subscribe via your podcast player of choice. The pod is available free for everyone on your usual player. And we are now streaming the recording of the podcast live in video form on my social media channels. So have a look for those uh, in future if you wish to see it as well as listen to it. Uh, Ratings and reviews are always uh, hugely appreciated wherever prompted. And if you want to get in touch with any questions or topic proposals, uh, sling me a direct message on Twitter. The handle is at Michael J. Bailey. Uh, A big thank you to our wonderful guests this evening. John, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I just want to say one thing. I think there's one good thing about this season. This shirt. This (laughs) shirt is the best away shirt I can remember us ever having. It's sold out. It took me ages to buy this because it was sold out in the club shop. So there you it's go. The, this is it's it. the, this is the, the black highlight. shirt with blue neon trim. And it's the it, highlight it, of the year for me. It is a, de- it is a delight. <laughs> uh, are you going to be wearing that for your five-side game tonight? Uh, no, we, we, we wear white. I just wore it for here for show. Thank goodness you didn't say blue. Um, loads of luck with the game tonight. Yeah, thank thanks. you for joining us tonight, my man. Um, Zoe, thank you as always. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. An absolute pleasure as always. Did- did we did we succeed in putting the fun in relegation? I think as much fun as can be in relegation fun, I think, was had tonight. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, Steve, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mark. You can take that hat off now. Get the blood circulation oh, back. I need a, I need a haircut. Uh, look, look at this. I mean, what am I? Oh, I you know, no. what, look at it. <laughs>
Oh, what should I do with it? Really, aren't getting the benefit of what is it? Well, like this, is, this, is why, this is why you want to be watching on the. Uh, this is why you want to be watching on the uh, on the live feed. So You're hanging uh, on to that well for a man of your age, aren't you, Michael? What, what are you suggesting? <laughs> I've always had a high hairline for the record, but you know, I think it's I think it's I slightly less high than Mark Noble. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> Matt Hancock's haircut, which is what Mark Noble's got. I've not seen that, so there we go. There we go. What, what do you mean a wig? Um, right, well, uh, on that note, <laughs> what a great penultimate podcast this has been. We'll be back for uh, next week for our final bout of Canaries Capers this season in another edition of the On The Ball Norwich City podcast. It's another link, link that I've nailed, yes. Uh, until then, never mind the danger.